The scripture reading for this morning is from Psalm 145. It's on page 524 in your Bibles. If you could please stand with me, if you're able, for the reading of God's word. A song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the night of your awesome deeds, the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This is God's word. Good morning. Let me greet you also in Arabic. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, which means may the peace and mercy and blessings of God be on you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a pleasure to be here with you uh, at the Westgate uh, Missions Conference. Uh, Westgate's been supporting my wife Zoe and I for many years in our work in North Africa. And every year they ask if we're going to be around in October so that we can come for the conference. And finally this year we are. Uh, And it's an honor and a privilege. Um, And uh, I also hope that you recognize it's a privilege to go to a church that has uh, such uh, an involvement in God's mission in the world. Um, hosting annual missions conferences, praying faithfully for ministries all over the world, uh, supporting people generally financially, um, and engaging in outreach locally. That's an increasingly rare thing, and so I want to uh, affirm you and encourage you in that. Um, Let me pray for us as we begin. Heavenly Father, I ask your blessing on this congregation in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is here with us now. We ask that Spirit to be teaching us, guiding our thoughts and reflections into your truth. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Can you think of a time when you were invited into a family, welcomed into a family? Now, many of us, we were welcomed into a loving family at birth, enfolded in the loving arms of a mother, a father, other relatives. Or perhaps it was a non-biological family, adopted into a family, or you got married, formed a new family with your spouse, joined their extended family. Or maybe it was a, a close friend group that was like a family. I hope that all of us here have had many experiences like that, at least one. Um, I want you to think for a moment about what that felt like, being embraced and folded by a family. I remember clearly a time when that happened to me and my wife Zoe in 2013. We had just moved to a country in North Africa, which in February was surprisingly cold. Um, and we went straight from the airport to a, uh, a not-so-nice neighborhood in the city to the small apartment home of a refugee family that had agreed to host us for a period of time. Now, this household consisted of uh, a Muslim man, his Christian wife, their four children, and another relative. Uh, and they welcomed us. They gave us one of their two bedrooms. Uh, they cooked for us, talked with us um, across our limited Arabic and their limited uh, English. Um, at the start, they were just simply performing a cultural duty of hospitality that was necessitated by our team leader asking them to do us this favor. But it became more than that. We started to develop deepening friendships with them, and they invited us not only into their home, but into their lives and their social networks. Um, and that's even after we got our own place in the neighborhood. They were members of a particular tribe, uh, and that tribe was like an extended family. And because of this one family's invitation and welcome to us, this tribe became like an extended family to us. We were invited into families, we were invited into homes, we were invited to share uh, with their joy and weddings and graduations. We were invited to share in their grief at funerals and memorials. And all this came about because of the welcome of one family. And it was made possible by us coming as learners, relying on others uh, and living in the neighborhood where the refugees live not in one of the nice neighborhoods where a lot of the foreigners and, uh, and missionaries live. So, why am I talking about families? Well, as I suspect you know by now, the theme verse for the 2023 Westgate Missions Conference is Psalm 145, verse 4. It says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Now, one of the first things that comes to mind when we read this verse is families. The parents and grandparents commending the works of God to their children and grandchildren. They pass on the knowledge of God and what he has done to the next generation. Okay, that's true. We as believers have a joint responsibility, whether we ourselves have children or not, to pass on the knowledge of Jesus to the next generation. And that can be hard. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you've experienced uh, communicating across generations, whether it's younger or older, can sometimes feel like a cross-cultural minefield. Um, but it's also just hard to pass on a love for God and a respect for God when that's different than the messages that we're getting from the cultures around us. 
Uh, I'm sure you've uh, experienced that, felt that in the United States, and it's been uh, difficult also for us at times to uh, raise our children in a predominantly Muslim country. Generally, we have tried to uh, expose our children extensively to the world around them, but then to carefully and critically interpret with them what they're experiencing. Our kids regularly see people who suffer from poverty, racism, uh, oppressive governments, trauma, war, false religions, and other things. But we talk about those things, and we process them together. We try to live out our faith in Jesus uh, while intentionally explaining to our children why we do things and pointing out the differences in the practice of others. We pray together with our kids about things they experience, good things and hard things, and we pray with them for people in their lives who don't know Jesus. In this way, we hope and pray that they will come to know a Jesus that is deeply relevant to real people in their real struggles. And this verse affirms that there's this tradition of passing on Jesus within families. But the psalm that this is from is about much more than that. So let's look at the broader context of Psalm 145. This whole song, from the title at the beginning, a psalm of praise of David, all the way to the last verse, verse 21, where it says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. This whole psalm is about worship. The psalm invites each of us to worship. What does that actually mean? Does it mean just coming to church on a Sunday morning and singing worship songs? What does the psalm tell us that worship actually is? Let's start with our theme verse here, verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another. This word commend is a synonym for praise. Okay, we may not normally think of praise as something we say to others as opposed to something you say to God, but just think about how we use the English words commend and praise in other contexts. Okay, so for example, I commend this applicant to you without reservation, or uh, the critics praised the film's acting, okay, saying something positive to other people. David uses so many synonyms for praise in this song. Most of them have to do with telling others about God. Look with me. Extol, commend, declare, speak of, declare, pour forth, sing aloud, speak of, tell of, make known. So it seems that in this psalm of praise, worshiping God mostly means commending God to others. Not just privately telling God how awesome he is, that's good too, obviously, but worship is commending God to others. Now wait, that's what missions is about too, right? Commending God to others? Well, there's a deep connection between missions and worship. Uh, John Piper, in his book on missions called Let the Nations Be Glad, in his opening line, he says this, worship, or missions is not the ultimate goal of the church, worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions begins and ends in worship. We're made to worship God. And there's so much praising to do. Look at verse 3 in Psalm 145. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Unsearchable! 
God is so great that our human minds cannot even begin to understand him. It will take many worshipers worshiping for a long time, forever and ever, in fact, to begin to do justice to God's majesty. And missions is recruiting more and more worshipers, expanding the family of those who worship the true God. The end goal of missions is a huge family from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb of God, praising God with a loud voice. Or look again at Psalm 145. The Hebrew word for all or every is repeated 17 times in this psalm. Verse 9 observes, The Lord is good to all. And his mercy is over all that he has made. Not just Israel, not just people who grew up as Christians. God's mercy is for all, for all nations, for all social classes, for all languages, for all political parties, for all backgrounds. Or verse 12, make known to the children of man your mighty deeds. Our responsibility is not just to our own children, but to all the children of man. Okay, not just to our families or to other Christians, but to all. Did you catch that? This is the main thing that I want you to remember from the message today. God calls us to commend his works, not just to our own families, but to everyone. Neighbors, strangers, people in faraway countries, even to our enemies. You see, God is building a new family founded on Jesus. We were all estranged from God. We were all out in the cold. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are invited into God's family. We have an invitation to become children of God. It's foreshadowed in the Old Testament, even right here in Psalm 145. Okay, we had verses 8 and 9 that say, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made all that he has made. It's fulfilled in Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus joined the human family so that humans could join the family of God. Let me say that again. Jesus joined the human family so that humans could join the family of God. God's family is an enfolding family. It's always embracing, adopting, expanding, more and more. Missions is about the family of God expanding and unfolding more and more people of every nation, tribe, people, and language. And indeed, that's the subject of our praise. That's the message that we're commending to others. Through Jesus, God offers adoption into his family. That's our message. But God's unfolding family is not only the message, it's also the method. We commend to people our wonderful God who is inviting them into his family through Jesus, and we do this by expanding the boundaries of our own family. Invite others into the unfolding family of God by expanding the boundaries of your family. So take a minute and start to think about that. What opportunities do you have to show love beyond your family. So I remember how Zoe and I were uh, welcomed into an extended family of a refugee tribe. It was great. 
But eventually, we also ran up against the boundaries of that family, that community. It didn't really extend to other tribes from the same country, uh, even though there are members of many different tribes living close together as refugees in that city. And it certainly didn't extend to the Arab majority in the city, who often discriminate against the refugees. So after uh, about three years of being a part of the family of that tribe, learning the language and culture, listening to people, we opened a community center with refugees that would try to broaden that community, that family. In the center, we not only passed on uh, knowledge through language courses, awareness lectures, other classes, and leadership development, but more than that, it gave us an opportunity to form a community with certain core values that we passed on by talking about them, by writing them on the walls. We created an atmosphere that fosters values that are contrary to those of the general population. So for example, uh, empowerment instead of dependency, volunteerism instead of entitlement, real hope instead of despair or misplaced hope. And one of those values was family, a genuine, loving, cross-cultural community instead of tribalism, racism, nationalism, or isolation. These values helped us to create a place of love, of welcome, of safety, of refuge in an unfamiliar land. And that created the kinds of relationships that are so rare in that context. Muslims and Christians genuinely involved in each other's lives Women and men and children all interacting together in a positive way. Friendships across boundaries of uh, tribes, of nationalities, of education levels. And some of those in our community are Muslim background believers who have trusted in Jesus and accepted God's invitation into his family. They are signs to us of how God is expanding the family of those who know and worship the Lord Jesus and folding them into the family of God. Praise the Lord. Now, um, I'm sure that some of you, as soon as I started to say that God wants you uh, to expand the border of your family, of those you treat like family, started to feel some anxiety, right? Uh, <laughs> family puts demands on us. Just think about how much time and energy and money we invest in those closest to us, raising children, taking care of aging relatives, uh, caring for sick relatives, um, just being there for our family. And then to extend some of that love and care beyond our family to others, that's hard. I get it. At times, our friends uh, in North Africa, it can feel overwhelming, like they're asking for more from us than we have, or at least more than we want to give. And even now, when we're back in the US physically far away, we are still connected to those people in ways that can sometimes feel challenging, demanding. So let me suggest a few things that can help us as we try to expand the boundaries of who we treat like family, as we invite people into the enfolding family of God. First, when it feels like we won't have enough if we share with others, enough time, enough energy, enough resources, we can take comfort in the fact that we are not the provider for this family. God, our Heavenly Father, is the provider for this family. It's his expanding, enfolding family, after all. We will never be enough, but God is always enough. So number one, remember, we aren't the provider. God our Father is. So what else can help us as we 
uh, try to commend God beyond our families. Second, commit to worship. If we aren't worshiping God, intentionally putting our focus on him instead of the world, intentionally reminding ourselves of his grace toward us, intentionally being overwhelmed by his presence, then we're not going to have any passion for telling others about God. Of course, sometimes it's hard to worship God. There are so many things in the world that distract us, that uh, preoccupy us. Uh, and as Dr. Tan was sharing in his message last week, it is possible to go on mission, to be involved in the work of telling other people about God, even to have some success in that, without God, without a deep, intimate relationship with him. That's why Psalm 145 invites each individual member of the worshiping community to make volitional commitments to worship. Listen, verse 1. I will extol you, my God. I will bless your name forever. Verse 2. I will praise your name forever. Verse 6. I will declare your greatness. Verse 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. These aren't guarantees or predictions. They're statements of will. I will. We commit to worship. When we're really worshiping and getting to know God better, then telling others about God's goodness is the natural outflow. Worship fuels mission. Third, seek God's guidance as you reach out. The world is full of endless needs. Just think about how many wars and natural disasters are happening even just this month. God is not giving you the moral responsibility to care for every single person, but God is challenging us to care about more people beyond our immediate family, including people who may be very different from us and people who may be very far from us. God's heart is for all the nations, so ask God to guide you to those he wants you to care for. Then actively listen for the Holy Spirit and expect him to show you to people to love. Don't just passively wait for some need to drop in your lap. God might reveal something local, like someone you see on the street or in a store that you can help in some way. It could be a coworker you invite for coffee. It could be an international student that you bring home to your house for this Thanksgiving or this Christmas. But God will also lead you to people farther away. It could be people in a country that you hear about on the news, and then you look for chances to uh, serve there or support what's going on there. Or maybe God is drawing your attention to something you've heard about this week during the missions conference. But when you feel the slightest nudge from the Holy Spirit, obey. As you listen and act, your ability to follow God's guidance will increase. And in fact, my, in my experience, uh, a quote-unquote call to missions is not always, or, or even usually, some big dream or vision, but rather a series of small steps of listening and obeying God that God gradually uses to bring us to places and people where we can share his love. Now finally, as we expand our family, let's not focus on the cost, on what it takes to extend care uh, beyond our families. Let's focus on what we gain. Jesus says in Mark 10, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me 
and the gospel. We'll fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Sometimes we sacrifice as we follow Jesus, but we gain a much larger enfolding family. If I hadn't left my home to go to North Africa, I would never have been welcomed into a new family there. And I would never have had the unique joy of worshiping and praising God alongside new believers there. That deep kinship that we have in Christ. In my experience, there are few things better than a powerful time of corporate worship together. Have you felt that? Have you had that experience before? That's what we're working toward, a joyful worship celebration gathering around Jesus with all of God's enfolding family. Amen. Let it be so. Let's pray. We praise you and honor you, God, King of the universe. We praise you, Jesus, that you would come down and be with us and join our family. Thank you for this invitation to join your family, that the way to do that was paved by the blood of the cross. Thank you for this invitation into your work of expanding your family to enfold more and more people. We need your help. It's all for you and all for your glory and by your strength. In Jesus' name we pray.